Welcome to At Home and Abroad with Harrison Walker. Join us each week as we explore the far reaches of the globe in search of unique characters and stories to share. Reach beyond your front door and let's chat about art, architecture, history, real estate, and of course food. Let's jump in. Tis the season to be cozy. As the snow begins to fly and the first of the winter storms begin to track their way across the northern climes, we all seek refuge in our homes for warmth and comfort. But what is this feeling that we call cozy? Is cozy found in candles, carpets, and cocoa? Or is it found in the comfortable togetherness experienced in the dark quiet of winter? Do we all crave coziness? How can it be defined? Join us as we chase the concept of cozy in conversation all the way to the home of Huga, Copenhagen, Denmark, where we will chat with our guest, Skylar Rowland, proprietor of the much-loved Next Door Cafe. Let's wrap ourselves in that wool blanket, grasp that hot cup of cocoa, and get toasty as we explore the contented and the comfortable world of cozy. Okay, I admit it. I'm crazy about cozy. I know I'm not alone, though. Apparently, between November 2019 and 2020, keywords relating to living cozily increased 46% in the UK and 11% in the US. And Pinterest declared cocooning one of its top trends for 2021. And Huga was a finalist in the 2016 Oxford Dictionary's Word of the Year. Huga is Danish for a quality of coziness and comfortable conviviality that engenders a feeling of contentment or well-being. Clearly, there has been an increased preoccupation with getting cozier in recent years. Absolutely. I think I've always been preoccupied with getting cozy, but I'm sure this has only increased during the pandemic. I would think so. With more people working from home, I would think people are wanting to ensure that the environment in which they spend a good part of their days is as comfortable and inviting as possible. Mm-hmm. And for those, you know, those that work outside their home, ensuring home is a safe haven for when they return at the end of the day must be a great priority. Absolutely. It totally makes sense. Environmental psychologist Lily Bernheimer, who is also the author of The Shaping of Us, How Everyday Spaces Structure Our Lives, Behavior, and Well-Being, explains that humans innately are drawn to the natural world. It's called biophilia. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And although the greatest positive impact comes from spending time outside, she stated that when you look at the window and see a tree, the simple view is something natural has the ability to sharpen your concentration, to make you more focused, and at the same time to relieve stress, to actually have a physical impact on blood pressure and the circulation of stress hormones. Wow. Yeah. Bernheimer also attributes positive effects to being in contact with natural elements such as fire, wood, and wool. And even if it's in the form of candles, being in a cabin, or being wrapped in blankets. Well, check, check, check. (laughs) That's my definition of cozy right there, Walker. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. I love all three of these things. Now, there is another theory as well, which refers to a human preference for the safety of small cave-like spaces, which open onto bright, clear views, which allow for observing potential threats or positive opportunities. Wow, that's so cool. That reminds me of how my cottage feels to me in the wintertime because it's all cozy on the inside, right? Under the blankets, beside the fire. 
but you're looking out the window across snow-covered trees and ice. That's a really good example. It's actually called the prospect and refuge theory, and it seems that humans may be hardwired for creating cozy. Ah. Yeah, cozy has become big business these days as the concept of hygge has really captured people's attention. Cozy has become a lifestyle and interior design motif and has grown way beyond flannel pajamas, scented candles, and fluffy blankets. Mm. The Huga lifestyle embraces togetherness and appreciation for simple pleasures throughout the winter months. Simple pleasures. <laughs> I love that. Perfectly put. Yeah. Helen Russell, who is the author of The Year of Living Danishly, <laughs> identifies Huga as taking pleasure in the presence of gentle, soothing things, which could include a freshly brewed cup of coffee and cashmere socks even. Mm. And considering that the Danes are said to be some of the happiest people in the world, I'm willing to follow their lead and embrace the hookah lifestyle 110%. Oh, I'm right there with you, babes. Yeah, especially since Danish Mike Viking, the founder of the Happiness Research Institute of Copenhagen, attributes the Danes' high level of happiness to hookah. But the Danish aren't the only people in the world with a special appreciation for all things cozy, right? I mean, we have a pretty good handle on it here in Canada. You are correct. Other countries such as Germany have their version as well. Like in Germany, it's Gemütlichkeit. Norway has Kuzli. The Netherlands has Huselich. Sweden has Musik. And Scotland even has their own called Kosakoch. Wow, you did that really well. I know. Those were I was all afraid. Of, were you? <laughs> I could tell you tensed up before, before approaching all of those uh, words. But that is a whole lot of cozy. Iceland, too, has a lot of cozy going on. I love their concept of window weather. Ooh, window weather. I, what, what is it? I've never heard of it. Well, the word is glukavithish. When you look out the window and it's one of those sparkling bluebird days with the gorgeous blue sky, but in actuality, it's too bloody cold to even step a foot outside your front door. That is window weather. It's better to stay cozy inside and appreciate it from the couch with a hot cup of tea. Yeah, that reminds me of some of the days in Winterpeg growing up. Yes, Winterpeg. <laughs> right? Yeah. But it's the staying inside part that I really think sounds wonderful. It does. But is cozy the same no matter where we go? They do have subtle differences, in fact. And Harry Leibovitz, a Stanford psychology professor, stated that Norway's Kuzli is actually a mindset of making the best out of a bad situation. And mm. it's connecting with the opportunities of this moment for greater reflection and deeper meaning and social connection. Ah. It also involves connecting with others in nature. The outdoor aspect apparently is a difference between it and Huga. So let's get some clarification from someone who is living the Huga dream. We are excited to introduce our guest, Skylar Rowland, owner and proprietor of the very well-loved and very cozy Next Door Cafe in Copenhagen, Denmark. Welcome, Skylar. Thank you very much, Heather and Lauren. So I understand it's your 10th anniversary of operating this beautiful little gem of a cafe. So how are it you is. celebrating that? Well, the anniversary was December 1st, so just a few weeks ago. And that day we kept it really low key. And then my partner, Klaus, who I opened the cafe with, he was in Copenhagen. And so we thought, let's do it while he's here and I'm here at the same time because it doesn't happen much. Okay. So we had a party on the 17th where we did uh, homemade eggnog and snickerdoodles and, yeah. and hygge. Yeah, a lot and of... And hygge. Cozy times. So 
it was not a big uh i don't i'm not big into big parties i like more small intimate so it was really it was perfect we had a really nice time uh and glided into the 10th year. <laughs> yeah, the 10th year. That's pretty remarkable for a cafe, for, right? A small business. It's tough. Copenhagen cafes, it's, you know, like changing your underwear. They're in, they're out, they're in, they're out. I mean, it's really <laughs> a lot of change in the co in the cafe scene here in Copenhagen. So, yeah, for us, I mean, 10 years, it's like becoming a little institution, which mm -hmm. I'm proud of. So it's very exciting. Well, when I was researching your cafe, it popped up on some major platforms like TripAdvisor and Lonely Planet. And it's, and you know, just among other travelers and tourists in the world. So it's definitely, it's become a destination. So what do you think your, I mean, eggnog would definitely get me there, homemade eggnog and snickerdoodles. <laughs> but what, what's your, what's your secret, do you think? I think it's that we are... I think it's because we're an all accepting cafe. It doesn't matter if you're old or young, if you're blue, green or yellow, if you're gay, straight or whatever else you want. It doesn't matter. We just want to spread love. And it sounds really corny. I know that. But that's the truth from my heart is when I created the place was to make a place to spread love and, and, and be nice to each other. We have a sign coffee machine that says be nice or leave, which is from a Louisiana artist, actually. Oh. And it's the one piece of advice that we give to our customers. Yeah. Be nice. Steve. If you can't do it, and in 10 years, I've had one person who said, I can't do it. And I said, the door is right there. Yeah. But that's it. One in 10 years is a pretty good record. Um, so if people come for this experience of uh, having brunch while at a party, as weird as that may sound, but that's kind of the the vibe, the energy that we have going on is because we're having a good time. I mean, I've done my professional jobs. I've been in corporate America. I've done all that. And I realized I was successful by American standards, but right. not but not successful by the, the, the gauge of happiness. Yeah. So when, when I gave it all up, I said, you know what, if I do a job and not enjoying myself, then I'm stopping. And yeah. that's. I've said it since we opened the cafe 10 years ago. The day it's not fun is the day we close because right. I'm not going to do a job that I'm miserable at. I love working. I think it's the greatest. So, well, and then that all, you know, gets transmitted and you give that out to the people who come into your cafe. And that's probably why or one of the reasons why you're so successful because they feel that genuine caring and that genuine outpouring of love yeah yeah no they become part of our family for the day or the week if they're staying for a week or however long they become part of the family uh and customers they they seem to love it yeah after the first few months people start putting the tokens and reminders and drawings and things under the glass because they're old doors with glass covering them and suddenly there was currency from every nation. And wow. that also really helped drive this, uh, I think, drive this, this interest by a tourist. Because it's like, oh, this is really funny place with a mix of locals and tourists. And we can leave a note and this and that. And customers come up and ask for paper and pins. And we want to leave this or I got this for you. I love so that. There's really international vibe that goes around the cafe i mean the danish people come in speaking english which oh, is silly really? really silly and i look at them and i'm like why are we speaking in here oh i thought we're supposed to speak english here i'm like 
we're in Denmark. We speak Danish. It's fine. It's cool. But you hear when you come into the cafe, you can hear, you know, six, seven, eight different languages at the same time. Uh, so Amazing. it's just this melting pot of, of love of people coming and having a great time. Skylar, I got to tell you, you're selling it to me. I need to go. I love a melting pot of love and I mean, a place where you're having brunch and it's a party. Like that I mean, is yeah. perfect. Yeah. No, I mean, today, you know, Neil Diamond, Sweet Caroline, you know, Sweet Caroline came on the, came on the music and people were singing along in the, in the cafe and they were just having such a good time. And so. we need that so much more, I think, than ever before to feel a part of a community and to be able, even if you're a lone person going into your cafe, you can still feel like you're part of that social fabric of community and love. In my opinion, Skylar, it's a huge service that you're doing, not only to the community that you, you live and work in, but also for everybody who can come there and leave their mark under the glass and you know just feel like they they're a part of something bigger than than just themselves that's huge yeah. no i mean the people i always tell people when they're by themselves you know here sit with you know it's busy a lot so it's like you sit with this person they're by themselves too maybe who knows you see people end up i had a guy he ended up going out all night that night with a group of girls he met from bolivia a mm -hmm. uh, danish guy and then he went uh, somewhere traveling with them recently and it was all just from sitting at a table by himself and these girls sitting down and started talking and ended up having this, such a great evening and new friends. And so, yeah, it's um, it doesn't matter if you're by yourself or with a group. It's uh, you're bound to make connections. Yeah. You should write a book. I can I've totally started, see a book out I, of this. I've started it. I've started it. But then it's, it's been a life. It's supposed to be a life story. But, you know, I mean, I wish I could say that I've always had this situation, but I changed oh, 22 years ago, switched from living the more conventional life to living more a life, uh, what I've read in self-help books, because I realized I was reading them and not living them. Yeah. So um, it's a diff different time, different place. It pays off to follow your heart. And it's it's something I think we learn with some people learn it sooner in life than later but we do learn it with experience and wisdom that that happiness or that maybe not even just happiness because that can be fleeting but contentment in in yourself comes with following your own passion and your own drive and in service of others i really do believe yeah no i um i think it's all about love everything it's all about love it's all about, all about love baby that's it People always are like, wow, your menu is really simple. I'm like, yeah, it may be simple, but it's all done with a lot of love. And they come, you pick up their plates, and they're like, oh, my God, it was the most amazing eggs and bacon. You're like thinking to yourself, it's eggs and bacon. Come on. You're not, you're, we didn't reinvent the wheel here. We're not yeah. doing anything tricky or special. We're just doing it with with some, some love put in. That's the secret sauce. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? The secret ingredient. The Your cafe, the Next Door Cafe, has been described by the Lonely Planet as eclectic, loud, and cozy. And cozy, yes. as you know, is the theme of this, this particular episode. And you mentioned Hugo. Am I pronouncing that right? Yes. Okay. Very well done. Very well okay. done. Thank you. I've been practicing. Um, <laughs> so how does your cafe give that vibe? I mean, obviously community and the that love vibe, 
definitely contributes to cozy, but sort of aesthetically give our listeners an idea of how you can describe it as cozy. Well, I, 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 I do what I'm not supposed to do, uh, which in this case was taking a dark cellar cafe. Well, it was a pizza restaurant and everybody telling me it needs a lot of light. You need to make it bright and cheery. And, and as an American moving to Denmark and hearing about Huga and seeing cafes here, I thought, you people don't know what you, you don't know how to do Huga. I'll show you what Huga is. Right. And I, I painted the cafe uh, aubergine, a dark mm. deep. So it's really dark, really Gorgeous. dark. If you remember lighting that Abercrombie and Fitch used to do, this really dark space with very direct lighting on their tables. And so I was just lighting up the tables and keeping the rest of it really dark because it actually makes the space look bigger. I mean, and then just putting my personality into the cafe with, you know, there's an altar at the cafe that's got every religion possible is there. It's all about equal love and let's not worry about titles. Let's just, so, and I did it all with the idea of I'm going to stand here for 10, 12 hours a day by myself or with Klaus. I want to make it comfortable for me and cozy for me. So mm -hmm. I created it that I thought was cozy. And suddenly all the people started coming and they were like, wow, this is really cozy. I was like, I'll show you. You put some <laughs> candles in a dark space and the right lighting, you can create cozy, you can create huga. It's not hard. You know, the Danish people always joke about, you know, you need a bottle of wine and a candle to create huga. I'm here to show you, you don't need any alcohol. You can create so much huga just by creating a warm, um, oh, what's embracing is the word I was looking for, a warm embracing environment mm -hmm. where people feel welcomed. Yeah, yeah. I think feeling safe and and warm is is a really critical idea behind Cozy. Yes, absolutely. I mean, when you think of Cozy, you think of climbing under the duna, the, mm -hmm. under the corner and being warm and cozy in bed. And it's like, you can have that same feeling somewhere else. And, and uh, Denmark thought they had mastered Huga, and I, uh, I decided to turn them upside down a little and go against everything because it's so not Danish in its style, the cafe. Really? Really, really not Danish. It's like people usually say it reminds them of uh, Paris, Berlin. Mm. Um, uh, those are kind of the cities that they say that they've been to a place that reminds them of this. So it's... It's very unique. It's really out of out of the the norm of Copenhagen. I love that. So you know, our expectation in talking to a, an owner of a Danish cafe, a cozy Danish cafe, would be that it really reflects the typical huga. But really, it's an American transplant in Danish who's showing them how to do it. Exactly. In my <laughs> in my humble opinion, I think so. Because yeah. It, I mean, it is the cozy. I, I mean, I, of course, I love the cafe. It's 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 my heart. Um, but I think it's the coziest place ever. And she, I mean, I have employees who worked there from ten years ago who still, when they're in the neighborhood, they still come by to hang out. And because we always say, just because you'd stop working there, you'll always be part of the family. So you know, and they know it's a safe, cozy place to be. Yeah. So it's a refuge. Yeah. It's a it's, refuge I, for people. It, is for me it was kind of like creating a safe space for myself as well yeah. I mean I love I love my partner to death and he's the greatest but uh, knowing that there's this safe warm place 
especially with the long winters here, just mm. critical for my well-being and mental health in yeah. Denmark. Uh, so I'm very blessed, I must say. It sounds like it. It sounds like it. You, and you know, you've described the Next Door Cafe as being built on love, and I, I can't think of anything better. And after after listening to what you have to say, I clearly know where your longevity has come from. <laughs> you know, it's this whole idea of love, which yes. we don't see that often. And we know that your your customers love you. In terms of love and your staff, tell us a little bit about that, what the love is like there. I mean, yeah, they're, they're very near and dear to the heart. because Yes, so without- they feel it too, right? Oh, yeah. 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 No, there's a lot, a lot because I mean, I'm no fool without them. Mm. The wheels don't turn. I mean, we need a minimum of three people to work and five on the weekends in the morning hour. And it's right. a tiny place with seating for 25, 30 people. So it's a lot of employees. No, they, they are critical. And uh, I'm really big into, you know, um, you get more out of people with positive reinforcement than you do with negative consequences. Of course, I, I point out when they're, especially when they're new, even when they're old, I point out when things are not right. I can be a boss, but I've really put my focus on pointing out the things they do well and give them the sense of ownership of the cafe. Because in my opinion, when I'm not there or Klaus, my partner's not there, it's their cafe. I mean, they're in charge. I'm not there. They have to make decisions. So I think that also helps them to to feel that love and mm-hmm. to to want to to pass it on to the guests. I mean, I'm in Copenhagen two weeks out of each month, uh, and those two weeks I work every day. But the other two weeks I'm not here. And people, when I first decided to make this change, people said, "Oh, it won't work, Sky. They're not without you there." Ah, uh, no, 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 no. Of course, the, my staff is amazing. They love the cafe. I mean, it, it means the world to them. So. They they carry on just as if I was there right along with them. So um, they're amazing, amazing. Oh, wonderful. So I want you to be shameless here. Tell yes. us why we should get our, our holiday cozy on at the Next Door Cafe. Why? Well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's really interesting because people have asked, they're like, oh, aren't you going to decorate for Christmas? And I'm, you know, because everybody thinks Christmas and Huga go together. Right. And I'm like, have you been in the cafe? And they're like, oh, that's true. You don't really need to decorate. It's just, it's like oozing of hygge. It oozes of like warm, let me come and have a hot chocolate. I mean, this morning we baked, uh, I don't know what you would call them. I mean, spiced cheesecake. I would call it a Christmas cheesecake with fresh ginger and nutmeg and cinnamon. Uh, so you, you think uh, a, a, a visit to Tivoli and then off. Uh, stopping in the city for a hot chocolate and a, a cheesecake or something like that. It's, um, it's pretty Christmas hygge. <laughs> it's up there high on hell. Heather, I think we should have done the taping of this show maybe remotely this year. Yeah. Spice <laughs> cheesecake is the way to my heart, Skylar. Oh, it turned out <laughs> first time I'd done a spice cheesecake and it turned out amazing. What's that? I was gorgeous. I was scared to put fresh ginger juice in it directly, and I did it. And it's really, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, man. Uh, you you sold me. So 
So Skylar, <laughs> thank you so much for chatting with us today. You thank will you. be our first stop <laughs> the next visit we oh, have to Copenhagen. That is so, a deal. In this beautiful city of Copenhagen, you must look up the Next Door Cafe. We will include their address in the show notes, but you can follow them on Instagram at, at next underscore door underscore cafe. Thank you so much, Skylar, for chatting with us. That was amazing. I'm now hankering after some spiced cheesecake, though. I cannot wait to visit in person. So much of what we hear about hygge seems to be about reinventing our lived environments to create the hygge lifestyle. But what about when we're traveling? Can we be cozy on the road? Well, most definitely. I mean, certainly we could visit the next door cafe, but I came across a whole country of cozy when I was in Ireland, even from the interiors of the Michelin star restaurant, like Anir in Galway city to even the comfort of our own VRBO rental on the West coast in this wee little converted schoolhouse. But if it's a Huga hotel you're looking for, in 2020, Jillian Tangent created a list of the most luxurious Huga hotels and resorts in the world. Excellent. Now you have my attention. I thought <laughs> I might. First up is the Caldera House in Wyoming, which is located on the outskirts of the absolutely gorgeous Grand Teton National Park. It has only eight suites, so very exclusive and small, with a members-only club. It's got wood-burning fireplaces, that always sets the mood, hot tubs, which you know is a favorite of mine, and fire pits, and their suites have floor-to-ceiling windows. Next, Severin's The Alpine Retreat, which is located in Stubenbach. It is also a boutique resort and part of the small luxury hotels of the world chain. It has just a handful of suites, and they feature a calm wood, stone, and polished metal aesthetic. There's views of the Lech Mountains. Each suite comes with their own terrace, with a hot tub. They have private cinemas and a lounge with a grand piano. So a little music in there as Lovely. well. I know. A little of everything. A, a lot of, of everything. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then the last one I want to tell you about is located in Maghev, France. Les Fermes du Marie. A little bit bigger. Has 70 rooms all with a natural elements chalet aesthetic like lamb fleece cushions from Mongolia, exposed beams and antiques just to cozy it up a little further. And some of the private chalets also have underground access to the main hotel. So you don't even ever need to step foot outside if it's just a little unpleasant. Wow, these all sound really lovely, like absolutely gorgeous travel destinations. Since I just came back from a trip a month ago, I may have to keep these in my back pocket for the future. Absolutely. You know, a cozy resort is not always in the budget. Mm. So you could always opt for an Udi. What the heck is an Udi? You don't Udi. know? Udi. 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 <laughs> and I'm afraid to ask. Yeah, well, be afraid. Okay. It is a massively oversized hooded blanket poncho thing. My daughter was gifted one from one of my nieces. They all have their own. It's very cozy, not made for the menopausal, I'm just saying, and almost demands its own closet because it is enormous. That would be a step up from me wearing my winter coat around the house all the time. Apparently, it makes my family nervous, or so they've told me. <laughs> I get going somewhere quite a lot. <laughs> hilarious walker yeah so what do these udis cost well they range in price depending on the material that you opt for and they have a million patterns you can choose from 
but they do offer a family bundle walker. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Good to know, though I can't really see my husband rocking the Udi. No, me neither, but I would pay to see it, I think. Many of the adult sizes sell for about 89 bucks, which is much more affordable than a luxury vacation suite with a hot tub. It is that. I think it might make me feel a little bit like Obi-Wan Kenobi, though, as well. Yeah, but there you go. You could add a little entertainment value for your family and over your winter coat. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm resigned to bundling up and staying home for the next few months, but I'm curious. I've always wondered if the cozy lifestyle, which has been embraced in colder climates, also occurs in warmer climates. Yeah, that's a really interesting question. Mm-hmm. People who live in warmer climates, they do crave cozy as well, as many warmer countries also have rainy seasons. So they might not be contending with like the snow and the ice and the extreme chilly temperatures, but they do have that dampness or windiness that creates that same preoccupation with cozy. Right. Okay. That's interesting. I wouldn't have thought that that would be the case, but it makes sense. Yeah. Like even in my recent trip, I can vouch for the coziness of a peat fire and snuggling under an Irish wool blanket with a good book and a cup of tea, even if that sun outside looked very inviting and shining on those chilly Atlantic waves. But it's all relative, right? People wouldn't consider Ireland all that warm in the winter, but we could because compared to Canada, it's perfectly balmy. Mm -hmm. Huga can be achieved in even warmer climates. Just think about carefully prepared picnics on a lovely breezy blanket, farmer's markets, which is that peak of cozy together happy feeling, or warm nights on the porch swing with perhaps a glass of wine or a peppermint tea. Those are all super hoogie, hoogie? Hugai activities. <laughs> <laughs> There's even a luxury condominium complex in San Juan in the Caribbean called Huga Caribbean. It has views of lush vegetation, Schooner Bay, and the beautiful surrounding mountains. So I think it's pretty appropriately named, don't you think, Walker? Absolutely. That sounds delightful. I do think, however, that we would all agree that it's the winter time that calls for a little more cozy and maybe at the holidays most of all. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Christmas equals cozy in my house. So how do you plan on staying cozy this holiday season there, Harris? Well, I've probably alluded to the fact that I'm a big lover of wool blankets and maybe even more so big wool chunky sweaters. I seem to collect them. There's a little cottage industry actually in Newfoundland called Nonia, and it was established in the 1920s to support residents who live in those very far-flung remote outport communities. And it engages 175 home knitters across the island to create just absolutely stunning cozy sweaters and I also brought home just recently an Aran sweater from Ireland so I am going to be super cozy this holiday in my little sweaters hunkering down under my Icelandic wool blanket. Well I have to say I like your style and I'm definitely going to have to check out Nonia online. Mm -hmm. First of all it sounds like Narnia and I kind of like that. (laughs) I'm always freezing cold throughout the winter months so so I am the target market for any products that can help me create a cozy lifestyle. Yeah. Beyond what we wear though or cocoon in at the top of my list of things to do is to change my living room lights over to a dimmer Mm. as I find it's too glaring and Mm. not the cozy feeling I want going on into the new year. Lighting does create that cozy atmosphere. I can't seem to get enough of candles in my life either and pillows and I'm a sucker for a good book and calming spa music. 
anything lavender, eucalyptus as well. Never enough eucalyptus in my life. I'm feeling pretty <laughs> relaxed hearing about your cozy little uh, life over there, Walker. Yeah, until the dogs start sparking, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I have that too in my house in stereo. And then the cats start chiming in. I'm always just relieved that the fish stay quiet. Well, thank goodness for the fish. Yeah. You know, I always have great intentions to keep it on the calm and cozy during the holidays, but my intentions in reality seldom jive. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. For example, I try to include a lot of movie watching, seasonal music, fires, candlelight, and I love comforting hot foods like soup. Mm. And often we have a fondue as well. Actually, I think this is what my plan is going to be for Christmas Eve this year is a fondue. Ooh, yummy. I love fondue. Mm -hmm. Chocolate or cheese? Uh, maybe both. Ooh. Um, even though the month of December is just nuts for us, I always try to purposely slow things down, even with little things. For instance, you know, when I'm making a fire, I don't use a fire log. We try to use logs in kindling. And then when I'm making my tea, I don't go for the bag. I go for the loose tea. Hmm. Yeah. Mind you, you know, I'll admit when my children were tiny, this was tricky. The holidays were always a blur for me. And maybe some people were able to slow down and create an idyllic, calm atmosphere at Christmas. But at our house, it was always go, go, go. I know. It's crazy when the kids are small. Mm -hmm. My kids used to get up at like 3.30 in the morning and be like standing at the top of the stairs, just freaking out, wanting to go down. It was a lot of effort to just cool their jets a bit. Yeah. I, you know, I know you're a big fan of the Icelandic Christmas Eve tradition called... Yeah, give it a go, Walker. Nola, Nola float. I think yeah. that's it. Yeah. I think that's it. It's a Christmas book flood where family members exchange books and everyone spends the night reading together, essentially, and eating chocolate. Yeah, I am a huge fan of this tradition. I actually just bought the five books a couple of days ago and... I don't put names on them or anything. Everybody just opens one and then you can trade if you find something that you prefer. We've never had any fights over <laughs> any which ones. So we'll see. Maybe I, this year will be the first. I know you're not a, you don't watch the American office, but it reminds me of an episode with Michael Scott and anybody who does watch the American office will know that episode, the gift exchange. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm going to have to go their gifts. <laughs> I'll have to search it up and watch it. Yeah. No, Christmas Eve has become a really sacred family time in our our little house we hunker down and we just chat and read and eat good yummy things and put our jammies on early this year I'm gonna have a hot chocolate charcuterie board Ooh, I know that doesn't love good it's so cozy take some pictures and send it to me. I will yeah, I will yeah it's probably one of my few favorite set of hours in the entire calendar year. So tell me, Walker, you must know of other cozy traditions too, though, right? In fact, I do. <laughs> there are so many beautiful and cozy holiday traditions around the world, of course. Europe is famous for its holiday markets like the one that you spoke of in our mini postcard episode, but there are many other traditions that we can learn from. For instance, in Norway, for example, they celebrate Little Christmas on December 23rd, and this is a day they traditionally decorate the tree eat some hot rice pudding and have cozy together time. Now, I love this one though. In rural Denmark, a bowl of rice pudding is left in the barn for gnomes who are the protectors of the farm. Now, isn't that the sweetest thing ever? That is so cute. I love gnomes. They're just so cute with their pointy hats and beards. 
But what's going on with all the rice pudding? Uh, I'm just not a fan. Good question. But in the Ukraine, the land of my heritage, their cozy food of choice is a traditional dish of wheat, honey, nuts, and poppy seeds. And although my Ukrainian heritage stems from my mom's side, and she and her parents were all born in Canada, you know, our Christmas traditions are more North American in flavor. As I'm getting older, though, I find I'm incorporating more Ukrainian traditions in our Christmas for our family. Um, Traditionally, Ukrainians sit down to a 12-course meatless dinner at Christmas Eve, on Christmas Eve. Yeah, representing the 12 dishes, I guess, of the 12 apostles. Okay. And now I can guarantee you, I won't be serving 12 courses, but I do try to incorporate some Ukrainian food, including traditional braided bread. And I may very likely order in from some Ukrainian caterers locally to support some small businesses and also free up a little bit of time for me and make it a bit, you know, more stress free. Mm -hmm. So beyond that, we do celebrate Christmas on the 25th of December, but I do keep our tree up until the 7th of January, which is Ukrainian Christmas Day in the Julian calendar. And probably mainly my family would say, because I get sad when the tree comes down. I'm one of those people. So I use my heritage as a bit of a justification to keep it up a bit longer. I love the lights, you know. Me too. And, you know, our naked tree is probably the last one that hits the curb in the neighborhood. That's our house. Um, In Germany, though, it's common for families to start the countdown to Christmas early as they traditionally make Advent wreaths four weeks before Christmas with pine branches topped with candles, four candles. Each candle is lit on each Sunday leading up to December 25th. That sounds lovely, but a little bit of a fire hazard. I think some cultures actually wear them on their head. I've seen videos of wreaths, 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 um, children wearing wreaths with candles. Really? Uh uh Go look that up after. Yeah. Yeah. So in Finland, a traditional Christmas morning breakfast consists of porridge with rice, cinnamon and milk. See? Yeah, rice. more rice pudding. Yeah, the traditional twist is that one person has a lucky almond buried in their porridge to make Ooh. them the winner. <laughs> the finish also end the day with a sauna to clear the body and mind and restore positive energy, which would be kind of a neat thing to start the new year with. Yeah, I, I am down with the sauna, but... I'm really wondering what the winner of the Lucky Almond wins. I don't know. Maybe it's just the almond. (laughs) Who knows? I don't know. We'll have to ask somebody. I just love these cozy traditions, though. And the atmosphere, the creation of warm memories, and the sense of safety and security. It's really delicious at any time of the year. It sure is. So let's put this to rest. Cozy is not just about well-placed woolen throws, scented candles, and reading socks. Cozy is much more. The desire to feel safe, warm, content are all fundamental to the concept of coziness, but we also crave the calm communing with our loved ones and communities. We can create cozy in the comfort of our own homes or seek it out, for example, in our neighborhood cafes. Many purveyors of experience and service now also cater to this human drive for soft and social snuggery. So let's all shelter in this softness and cuddle under our covers Embrace the comfy, contented concept of cozy. Thank you for joining us at At Home and Abroad with your hosts, Harrison Walker. Follow us each week as we continue the conversation.